When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Obviously, you guys know Alicia, Alex, and Total Galaxy is joining us. But Alicia, how was your weekend? How'd you how'd you spend your weekend? Uh, well, Saturday was busy with games. There was wall-to-wall games, and uh, Sunday I got to rest, and I feel so refreshed. So it was a perfect weekend for me. That's always good. I know. I know you do a great job covering all of MLS and uh you know I know it could be exhausting at times Alex how, how'd you spend your weekend I know it was a tough Saturday it was a tough Saturday but hey I'm glad the NBA playoffs got started this weekend that was something I was so pumped to watch and all the first games were really good really close and down to the wire so I enjoyed that you know and just everything going on also in MLS as well also the end of um European soccer for most leagues is was this past weekend so it was interesting to see how all that storylines and everything developed yeah, you bring up the the NBA playoffs. I was watching. I ended up watching the the Galaxy game. I went to go spend some time with the Galaxians, I believe. Uh, that's, that's what they're called. The Galaxy Guy podcast was there. Car- Carlissa, who runs there, it was an amazing time. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of like you know TVs and screens everywhere, and I forgot the NBA playoffs were on because half 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 of the side was really into the LA Galaxy game, but once. Everybody kind of knew the LA Galaxy game was kind of it's not going in their way. There, everybody started. <laughs> so I just started watching up, like you know, the, the playoff game because I think uh, the Milwaukee Bucks ended up winning in a game winner. Yeah, it went like to overtime. I remember I was uh, flipping the channels to see how that happened. But um, I will say though, um, the NBA playoffs were a lot better than than Saturday's match. I will say <laughs> they were. And unfortunately, any Laker fans lost on Sunday. But we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll have to come back. But we're here to talk Galaxy. Obviously, you know it was, it was a tough game, right? They lost three to zero. The red card, Derek Williams got you know got the red card right before half, and then you know you once he got that red card, you, you know it's kind of hard to play from behind. But Alicia, what, what were your thoughts on this game for the LA Galaxy? Yeah, they were very much in the game. I think until the red card, um, it was pretty obvious that it was one of those games where you go down a man in a. Uh, a stadium where I think road teams typically struggle um, and you're playing against a team that's really looking for a break. They, they were coming off a win. The Timbers were, but they've been hammered by injuries and seemed like they were kind of limping around. And so you, you give them a, a, you know, get out of jail free card like that um, to play up a man for a half and they took full advantage of it. So um, yeah, it, it was a tough day for the galaxy. I don't think that they were outstanding in the first half, but they were certainly in the game. Um, and then it just they just could not keep up. And um, not to say that it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. But I mean, these games do happen sometimes. And, and sometimes in soccer, you know, you, your team gets a deserved red card and you just have to soldier on. And sometimes you can get a result and other times you just can't. And that was kind of the, the, the story of the day in, in my book for the Galaxy. 
Yeah, uh, Alex, when, when I saw that first half, I was like, all right, you know, they, at times they were, they were struggling to be creative offensively. But, you know, obviously that red card happened. And then the second half, you know, we know what, what went down. The, essentially, the wheels fell off. But how did you see this game? Um, I thought I, I thought the first half was pretty good. I thought offensively um, for the Galaxy, we were getting into rhythm. Uh, Kevin Cabral, who made his first start, uh, he, he had a, a lot of space to work with uh, on that left flank. Um, the the right back for the Timbers was giving him lots of space. Um, obviously, the red card at the 44th minute, right as you're going to enter halftime, is going to be a huge monumental shift, not only for the players out there, but just tactically as well, since they had to switch formations as well. Um, overall, it was a really, just really tough game and kind of a game I think the Galaxy kind of needed. You know, there was obviously that Seattle loss um, from earlier in the year. And then this one here up in Portland, I think this was kind of needed just to, you know, kind of wake us up a little bit, you know, because while, yes, nobody was kind of expecting the Galaxy to be in second place, I would say. Um, I was putting them as more like maybe like fifth or sixth to start off the season. I was surprised that they were even this high. So I think this is something to kind of, I guess, bring the bring the heads of the players down just a little bit, you know, just to keep working and stuff like that. Um, overall, though, I feel like this match, at, at once we reflect upon the season, will be looked as probably a turning point and somewhere where some of the players and coaches can be like, hey, we saw what we did wrong here and we improved for, um, later on during the season. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was definitely a game that you know you you knew that the LA Galaxy was going to be tested. You knew that there there was there's going to be a times that you know they things weren't going to go the way. But obviously, we didn't expect what was going to happen. I, obviously, Greg Vanny didn't expect that as, as well. And I think the the thing to me was like, all right, you know, like obviously you said you mentioned Kevin Cabral. I wanted to see how he he would look. Right, obviously he's still he's still going to need a couple more games. And you know, Samuel Grandsir, you know, he left with the with an ankle injury and it wasn't looking good for him. Him. And then you know you slowly things weren't weren't necessarily working, but I was looking forward to the second half adjustments. Unfortunately, uh, Greg Vanny had to make second half adjustments that he he was forced into right by taking Efrain Alvarez out, you know, putting in uh, well, it was not Dan Nick Dupuis right there as center back. So it was it was it was a, it was a hard game, you know, just to, uh, towards the second half to, to watch. And you know, once that second goal came in or that first goal came in, you know, Portland did everything right, you know, attack it, get that goal in within the first five minutes, and then apply their pressure to the LA Galaxy being down a man. It was unfortunate for them, but I think the also the also the other thing is like uh, you know Derek Williams, he tends to rely too much on on the, on, the, on that slide tackle, which I, I, I initially I didn't I didn't think it was a bad thing, but after this play, I'm like okay, he he may need to relax. <laughs> what, were, what were your thoughts on seeing that slide tackle uh, from um, Derek Williams, Alicia? Yeah, it was a bad tackle. I mean, I, I don't think it, there's there's any debate. I mean, honestly, it was to me the thing that was really Striking about it was the amount of force he used and also how awkward it looked. I mean, you know, often you see really bad tackles and um, it's kind of one or the other, but you don't see both happening. And um, it, it just looked really unorthodox. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he meant to hurt Andy Polo. I don't think he meant to, you know, do any real damage there. I just think he, he you know, misjudged it and went way too hard. Um, I think to an extent, I was talking to somebody, um, you know, who, who follows the sport pretty closely and they, we, we both agreed that one of the risks of getting players from certain leagues is you run the risk that they may not be quite calibrated to kind of the level of physicality in a, in a new league. Um, I don't want to paint every defender, you know, from the English leagues with the same brush, but like, 
it's pretty rugged physical league. And I think that uh, MLS is a fairly physical league, but not to the level of, of the English leagues. And so even though I think that still would be a pretty bad tackle over in England, um, I think in England, there may be more discussion of, well, he didn't, you know, he, he, he kind of went for the ball. So it's no big deal. <laughs> um, and in here it was, it was pretty much universal, right? Like it was immediate, like, Oh, you, you can't do that. Uh, Greg Vanny offered no excuses. Um, Derek Williams did not contest the red car. He walked right off quietly. He knew that he had screwed up and um, it's unfortunate because again, I don't think he meant to do it, um, but he did it. So you kind of have to live with the consequences. And I think he's going to be living with the consequences for a little while here. Yeah. Before I get to you, Alex, I, I want to play the, the replay. It doesn't get any better. It's gruesome. So just, just a heads up, everybody. Uh... Oh, God. Oh. It's just, oh, oh. <clears throat> it's a difficult one to watch. You just hope that Andy Polo's all right. So it's not it's not a it's not a, a replay. It's easy to watch, and it, like I said, the more you watch it, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, to me, I feel like it gets worse, right? And to me, it's like Derek Williams, like a minute you're a minute away from the half, from going into half, right? And 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 to me, I, I get what you're saying, Alicia. Like you know, the, he may come from more, more of a physical league. I would also say. That the game wasn't that physical though, you know. The game, I don't think the game was getting that physical for him to to do that tackle. But I think he's just relied too much. And hey, look, he's gotten every single slide tackle great. I think he got was he the one that got the pass to Chicharito. He got he gave him the assist, right? So there's been the Galaxy have benefited, but this this is going to be one that 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 may come back to haunt him because there's also talks about you know uh, a pot- potential uh, extension on his suspension. We know he's going to get one, but. You know, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if he got more, and I don't think that's something me or any anybody would fight it. What What are your thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, the the red card definitely was the turning point, probably the biggest turning point in all the match, really. Um, like you mentioned too, like a minute before going into half, you know, and uh, and like Alicia said, you know, in, in England, right, they have a lot more physical type of strikers. You know, I can name off a couple. You know, Benteke, Lukaku. Um, Cavani over there, right? Those are the kind of typical strikers builds that are there in England. And MLS, you don't really, really have that. You kind of have more of a shiftier, speedy type of striker. And MLS, if you um, just really take a second to look at all the all the strikers that are in the starting 11s for most MLS teams, um, this was also really bad too because uh, Williams for the Galaxy just loves to just play it out of the back, right? That's kind of been uh, something new that we've seen and something that the Galaxy have been working on in when you have to sub in probably your best passing center back, that's not that's not a good i that's not really a, a good recipe for success at all. So it it really hurt to see Williams, you know, have such a a bad challenge and so poorly timed tackle on Andy Polo, and then also to not having I guess a as comfortable center back, you know, playing out from the back and trying to open up spaces for other players and start the attack going. So it was really rough to see that and that the Galaxy had to start the next forty five without him. Yeah, I think that's going to make it difficult. So, like I said, Alicia, what are your thoughts on on you know Derek Williams getting getting a potential more than one game suspension? Uh, it's a guarantee. Um, I think the question is really: is he going to get two extra games, or is he going to get more than that? Um, I think there's a pretty good chance he'll get two extra games, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got three or four extra games potentially. So. 
Um, you know, MLS usually isn't too punitive in terms of uh, adding uh, suspensions on as long as you're not assaulting the referee or um, attack, you know, literally attacking an opponent. Um, and I don't think this would count in that realm. Like he wasn't trying to assault um, Andy Polo. It was, it was a, it was still a soccer play, a, a terrible soccer play was a, a soccer play nonetheless. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere in the two to four extra games. So we're looking at three to five probably altogether. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and that's something that I, I would have like. Yeah, if he if he gets those extra extra games, it's unfortunate, but it's something you just can't fight. It, and it's also something you know. I think the league would want to send a message like, "Hey, this this is not the type of plays that we want." You can be aggressive, but you also don't want to injure the players, right? Because we saw him, we saw Andy Polo walk out. What looked like you know his knee. I don't I don't know what the status of him, but it doesn't look like he's going to be coming back anytime soon. You know, he may he may be done for the season. I don't know. Uh, do you have any information on that, Alicia? There was uh, a tweet from Stuart Holden this afternoon that um, he has extensive knee and quad damage and looks like he'll be out for the season. Uh, oh. I think we still need to wait. Yeah, I think we still need to wait and see what the you know diagnosis that comes from the Timbers ends up being. Um, you know, things can change, but um, this isn't going to be something, it doesn't sound like where he'll be back in two weeks. It sounds like it'll take a while. And if it's something where it's a co- compound thing with, quad and knee then yeah that's pretty bad actually when i saw the replay just now you know the the triple replay that you showed us um, <laughs> it looked like his hip really got displaced when he got you know thrown up in the air so um if he avoids like a broken hip then i guess a, that's okay you know that's better than what i mean it looked really scary i thought at one point maybe you broke a rib like i mean it was there's all kinds of things it could have been. So um, we'll have to see for sure. But that's the initial word at this point from someone who one would assume is in the know. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what the official word is. Yeah. And if, if that, I mean, if unfortunate for Andy Polo, but I think the other thing you got to look at, right. Um, for Derek Williams, it just, it's just like, you don't have to do this. And on top of that, you know, you're, I think you're one of the leaders in the team. Now you're going to be out for potentially what you said, you know, you mentioned three to five games, um, and no one's going to fight. No one's going to appeal, you know, because it, it just makes sense. Right. So it's like uh, Nick Dupuy. I don't know if Kubli. Right. The only thing that that the the only positive positive that I could see or the only good thing I, I could see out of this is that the LA Galaxy are going to have a two week break after the San Jose game. That's the only positive out of this. But not to have Derek Williams, not not to have him be there that because he's going to be the focal point of this t- of this team. Now you're going to be out for what? potentially two months. I don't know. It could be like a month, month and a half. So that, that's definitely going to hurt, hurt him there. So I just quickly want to say what's up to everybody in the chat. G-Man, uh, what's up to you, G-Man? Uh, Andy, do you also people Gonzalez to the rescue? Problem solved. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. How do you feel about uh, people Gonzalez? Uh, Alex, tell us your thoughts. Uh, I'm 50-50 on him, to be honest. When he first came to Galaxy, obviously it wasn't the greatest showing of people Gonzalez out there. But right now, kind of, I guess, you know, next man up, you know, especially with without Derek Williams. Obviously, I, I don't want Nick DiPio starting uh, at that position. I think he, he played really good in the first match uh, against Inter-Miami. thought he was really good. So I think he deserves another shot to be in the starting 11 um, with Derek Williams out. I mean, the man is almost getting paid a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? So- yeah, I know. He's got to get out of there soon. He he gets to get an opportunity. G Man says, "Be careful, G, or there might be another YouTube outage like last week's show. Too much fire, one show." <laughs> uh, Galaxy Guy Podcast. People is harder to find than Waldo. Wow. Hey, the truth is coming out. I mean, that look. If there was ever a time to for people to step up 
it would it would be now. You know, you know, I don't know what's going on with him in training. I don't know his health, but they definitely need him. I know there was talks about Kubli. I don't know when he will he'll be in town for them. I mean, they got you know that's what makes it hard because Derek Williams is the guy. But Derek Williams took himself out, unfortunately. So yeah. Um, also to this, you know, another injury that we'll probably talk about soon. Um, Samuel Granzier, both mm-hmm. of those new additions to the Galaxy, and they're going to be out. So it kind of sucks that these players are going to be out, and you kind of want to build chemistry and just got to know each other better. You know, out on the pitch playing football for ninety minutes. So it's going to kind of hurt, I guess. Um, just uh, how we play a little bit, especially with new pieces coming in. Hopefully, Granzier comes back in soon because I thought he played pretty well in the Portland match, but we'll have to see how, how that goes. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about that. You bring up a great, great point. Uh, at least obviously, you know, Grant's are still getting used to, to the system. He's still getting used to the offense. I, you know, I, I felt like he was getting better every single game, every single game he played, right? It's a slow start, but you know, it's expected from player, but obviously he went out with an injury. So if, if he misses this Saturday's game, which we hope he does, or he's able to come off the bench, then obviously he's going to have some time to rest and get get to know the system. But what are what are your thoughts on on Samuel Grant, sir? And so far, the job he's done. Yeah, I think he's he's shown some good things in moments. Um, you know, he's got some good footwork and in, in tight spaces. Um, he can hit a decent cross. Um, although the Galaxy don't usually play too cross heavy these days. Um, but I think he kind of floats out of games and I hope that um, that's just a, a part of the acclimation process. Um, you know, by no means am I writing him off at this point. I think you're totally right that he needs time to acclimate, to get used to his teammates, to get used to the system that Greg Vanny's playing. But um, I, I don't think there's been much of a spark for him so far. And I think like when we're seeing other players um, step in and uh, really contribute right off the bat, like obviously Victor Vasquez, as soon as he hit the field, he was, you know, making impactful plays. Uh, obviously, Victor has experience in MLS already, so you and know he's a little bit ahead. Of, yeah, he's a little bit ahead of the curve, of course. But um, I think Grunsier he needs a little bit more time. But um, I, it would be nice if we could see some sort of production out of him before too long. You know, whenever he gets back on the field, see a goal or an assist, and and get him like actually working with the group and you know contributing. That'll probably lift him quite a bit. So. Um, you know, not, not crisis point, but, um, a little bit of a concern, but, you know, I think we need, we still need to give him plenty of time to, to see if, uh, you know, it's, it's going to work out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the same way again, sir. I, I, you know, obviously, you know, he's still learning the language, you know, different things, yeah. the system as well. So he got a lot to learn, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think I, I would be a little bit more patient. The good thing they do got Ethan Zubak, right. That could either start for them. Um, you know, a lot of fans, you know, have been all about Ethan Zubak and rightfully so he, he does, he deserves all the praise because of just the work ethic and he, uh, what he's been putting up. Uh, CCJD 2009 says any chance, any chance of giving G2 players a chance? I haven't watched G2. Alicia, I know you're very in tune with the team. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, they've been playing several, uh, like homegrowns or kind of quasi, you know, like end of the bench guys, uh, so far this season. So I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely a good chance in the next few weeks we'll see some Cameron Dunbar, Augustine Williams, uh, Kai Karenik potentially um, give them a few minutes. I mean, I don't think any of them are going to start necessarily, but give them some time, um, see what they can do. Obviously Dunbar, I think has been really good coming off the bench mm-hmm. so far this season. So um, if he continues to do what he's been doing, then I think uh, he'll stay in the rotation, but he's also getting some time with uh, low Stos, And I think that's good for his development as well. So um, yeah, they're looking pretty good. They lost on Sunday, but um 
they're off to a good start overall this season. So I think there's plenty of reason to, um, you know, be excited about the future. But I think probably the guys that are going to be coming from Lostos are going to be those who are already under contract, um, who are just kind of splitting time between the two squads. Yeah, Alex, give me your thoughts on Cameron Dunbar. He's he looked he's looked amazing so far. Yeah, he's looked really good. Um, I tweeted a while ago. I kind of want him to kind of have like a, a six man role, kind of how they do in the NBA, right? Someone coming off the bench who can create a spark. And we saw that at the LAFC match where you know he he kept pressing on the uh, LAFC center back. I forgot who it was, and eventually that led to a goal. You know, just seeing that hustle out there too. And another uh, G two player I was mentioning too since we're talking about uh, Samuel Grenzier's injury is uh, Johnny Perez, you know, maybe he can slip in there. He did play in that match against Seattle. So I can maybe see him getting some game time. If uh, Grenzier doesn't, doesn't play um, the next match against the earthquakes, maybe he comes off the bench. I doubt he starts, but I can definitely see him coming off the bench. Yeah. That, that'd be interesting, you know, cause there is a, a lot of young talent and, you know, still pieces coming in for the galaxy. And I think we're going to, we're going to see how this team obviously uh, goes in after, after the, the two week break, um, Galaxy Guy podcast says Jalen Jalen's ruled out from G two. He has a fractured foot, but maybe for I can't even say I'm a, I'm a butcher for, for Karanis. There we go. Um, he's yeah, talking he's about been, STBs as, as yeah, far as STBs are concerned. For Karanis has been playing uh, most games for Los Dos as a starter. I think he's probably going to stay there for the time being. I think if for Karanis came up to the first team, it would most likely be um, maybe as a bench option. Greg Vanny does sometimes like to play center backs off the bench, you know, just to keep guys fresh and uh, give youngsters a little bit of time. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's as likely that the defenders at this point are going to get on the field to start uh, for the first team. Yeah, I think I think the the, the defense is going to be a lot harder, maybe in the midfield because they're still trying to. There's more opportunities, I would say, in the midfield. But one thing I've noticed with the LA Galaxy, right? Uh, typically, when the midfield tends to have a challenging game, right? Then then obviously Chicharito is not as as present, right? We didn't we didn't see Chicharito have an impactful game, and obviously Chicharito depends on the midfield, right? So if the Obviously, the second half is the second half. I mean, you can't blame that on Chicharito. They're down. They're down. They're down a man. So it's you know. But I, I feel like you know it was challenging. I get. I don't know if you guys see the game the same way, but I feel like whenever the midfield tries, you know, is not able is not able to be successful. That's when Chicharito tends to struggle. We've seen that with the Timbers. We've seen that in the first half with the Timbers. Uh, we saw that the the full ninety minutes with the Seattle Sounders. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm actually in the midfield. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. I say the midfield really needs to be on point, as you mentioned, right? Um, we had this time Sebastian Legette coming inside, playing in that midfield. Last week he was in that right midfielder, or no, well, more central midfield, because I would say Efrain Alvarez last week kind of did play a lot on the right, which is uh, um, which in last weekend's match he was playing more centrally, which is something that I definitely noticed. I thought him playing maybe more on that on the wide side. I thought was really good. You know, he's able to see the pitch better that way, and that's really where Efrain Alvarez succeeds. You know, being able to see the whole pitch look to put a ball in and he's just got really good vision um and that's something i really like about him so i kind of wish vanny would have played him more on that right side like i said you know his field vision to see the ball and just to place passes you know looking at oncoming runs i really think that's something uh greg vanny really needs to do a lot more instead of playing efrain alvarez more central sebastian legette and jonah dos santos um did really did really struggle for most of the Portland match. Jonathan Dos Santos did lose the ball a lot. And that's something I've been really critical about Jonathan Dos Santos is that sometimes um, when he gets the ball, he's just too quick to lose it or um, he, he can't get a pass on time, you know? 
it's not something you want to see for your DP as we can keep going on the conversation about my criticisms about Jonah Dos Santos. But, uh, <laughs> this is you, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a, Hey, um, but yeah, I, I say this midfield definitely needed to be a spark against Portland. And unfortunately they couldn't do that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. At least obviously Jonathan Dos Santos DP is making $2 million. Obviously we didn't really see Jonathan Dos Santos. We didn't see any of the midfielders. Let's just be fair. Right. It was, it was a tough game, but I think, Jonathan Dos Santos, there's people, I mean, even when I was at the watch party, people were talking about him and, and you know, it's his contract year. But do you, do you, what, what are your thoughts on him so far? I think he's been pretty solid. I actually think the midfield is one of the areas that Greg Vanny really seems to be trying to figure things out. He's tried a lot of different combinations so far this season. And I think some of it is based on the matchup. And I think some of it is just he's trying to figure out what's working the best. And so we're seeing a lot of experimentation. Obviously, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos has been present, you know, for every game. I'm pretty sure he's going to be missing this upcoming game uh, on international duty. So we'll see a new look. Um, and the same for Legette. So it's going to be a little bit different for that game. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's been solid. You know, they've they've been winning more games than they've been losing so far this season. Um, he has one goal. We're not, you know, accustomed to seeing him score a ton of goals. He's going to pop up with a goal every now and then. Um, and he's not even a big assist guy. A big assist guy. He he's more, um, you know, kind of the pass or two passes before the assist uh, kind of guy. So that's his. I mean, that's his style. And frankly, he's somebody who has a very uh, particular skill set. And you have to kind of build the midfield around a player like that if you want to get the most out of him. And I think that Greg Vanny is trying to do that. So, like for example, most of the games this season, he's been using a very young destroyer next to Dos Santos, kind of in the back part of the midfield, either Adam Saldana or Carlos Harvey um, to kind of do all the running and all the tack, you know, most of the tackling, that kind of thing and, and, and leave Jonathan fresh and hopefully able to go a full 90. He's been doing that. So, you know, that's been working, but then, you know, you also have like, like I said, Victor Vasquez, I think got off to a really good start. I'm a little bit concerned that his absence is now kind of dragging out a little bit. So it'd be great to see him before too long. Cause I think that um, he is the playmaker, right? Like he is the guy that's supposed to be setting up the goals. So the more we don't see him, the more I think of a concern that ends up being, um, you know, we knew that he was injury prone. So if he misses more and more time, it's going to be, I think more and more of a drag. Um, like you said, Efrain Alvarez, I think has been, um, a little up and down, but he's he's trended uh, positively, I think, in the last several weeks. So I think he's um, making a case to to play. And then you have like Legette, who I think should be you know pushed up more in the attack. I think Dang. that get the most out of him when he's you know pushed up farther forward. Although he can do a job in midfield, I just don't think that that's his best role. Um, and so you know it's tricky. I thought Sasha Kleshin came off the bench in a really tough spot this past weekend. And played really well. Um, you know, it was kind of like putting out fires. And I think that he, he, I think provides a spark when he comes off the bench for 30 minutes and, um, you know, he, he can save his legs and and really just save it for the end of the game and, and really just push as hard as he can. He's a really good two-way player. I understand he's not probably not capable of doing too many nineties. So that's why he's coming off the bench, but um, I think he's actually showing his worth so far. But to me, you know, all of this is to say, I think that, Greg Benny is playing around with combinations, trying to see what works, trying to see what's going to be the best version of this midfield. And I don't think he's quite um, found it yet. And so I think we're going to continue to see experimentation. 
Yeah, and I'm with you. And I think he's he's still he's still trying to experiment things, and, and rightfully so, right? You're still trying to move the pieces. He's trying to still really try. He's still really trying to see how Efrain Alvarez really fits, right? Can he can he play in place of Victor Vasquez? I'm with you. I, I would rather have Legette, but I I see Greg Vanny's thinking, right? He wants he wants to get the best out of Efrain, right? And uh, obviously, you don't want to put him in the midfield necessarily. You could have done that. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was a tough game. You know, it was a tough game for the midfield. A tough game all around. You know, obviously when you're when you're down a man. But yeah, we're I think we're still going to see that experimenting because, like you said, national team players are going to be called up. The, the pieces are going to be moved around. So you're not going to have essentially starting what this this starting this weekend this next month, guys are going to be gone. Right? There's going to be other players stepping up. So I think that's going to be that's what's going to make it interesting. We're going to see. You know, obviously we're going to start to see more of Greg Vanny where he puts the players. Obviously, see Kevin Cabral's one game in, right? You know, we want to see him. We see that he can run. We see what I think he just needs a couple more games to get comfortable, get get to know his teammates and stuff. But, you know, unfortunate, it, it, was, it was a tough loss. And I just want to read a quote that uh, Sebastian Legette said. And uh, Carlissa, who was out watching at the game, and she, she literally said this word for word. So this is what Legette said. He's like, I'd rather have these games, these type of games now than later. Um, and, and rightfully so, I think everybody, every Galaxy fan, you know, I was talking to kind of felt that way. Um, so as, as we look forward, uh, yeah, we're going to read a comment from El Trafico. Hard to judge Shadows performing midfield with so many moving pieces, integrating Cabral. Yep, completely agree. Um, but yeah, moving forward, obviously, we know we know what, what what's at stake. It's the Cali Classical, right? It's going to be an anticipated matchup. I just want to look at the standings. I know it's week six, but it's always it's always good to bring up the standings, right? So, Ala Galaxy, I believe, fell to third. They didn't, they didn't get any points. They, they stayed at 12. San Jose is at nine points. Um, yeah, so those, those are your, your nine points in the seventh seed. So the, that's number one through seven. And then you'll see like Salt Lake at eight, LAFC at eight. So not too much movement from, uh, from LA Galaxy, but you, you do like to see LA Galaxy up there, right? And, and it's going to be a very important match because, say, they get, they get the win. They, they can move up again to second place. They lose and they might just stay or drop down there. So when you look at this matchup, Alicia, obviously, you know, it's, Big rivalry history. Uh, you got you got Wondolowski come in. I think I believe Kate Cow. You know this. You know uh, San Jose Earthquakes as well. So, what are your thoughts going into this match? Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting match. Um, like you said, the the rivalry is always big. So, you know, I, I expect that there's going to be some uh, some feelings coming in. Uh, you know, <laughs> between both both teams. Um, hopefully, in a good way. But. Um, you know, the, the Galaxy, I don't think, should be too disheartened by the fact that they are coming off a loss because uh, the Quakes had a three-game winning streak, and then most recently they've had a three-game losing streak. So they're, uh, they've hit a little bit of a slump, and they're trying to figure out what's going on right now. So um, I wouldn't say that they are lacking belief. They're, I think the one um, quality that the Earthquakes have over pretty much any team in the league is belief. Um, that carries them a long, long way, uh, you know, even as usually perpetual underdogs. But um, no, I mean, I think the Galaxy, even though they're going to be missing a couple of, of key players, um, San Jose is also going to be missing Jackson Yule, who is a very key player. He's their captain for the same reason on international duty. So both teams are going to be missing um, important midfielders. So it'll be interesting to see which team steps up. Um, ha- it being in L.A. is going to be, I think, pretty big. Um you know, to, to help the Galaxy. No guarantee, but I think it's going to help their their prospects a lot for this game. 
Yeah, Alex, you you talked to me before, and you said obviously this is you know this this is a, you know, obviously a big rivalry. There's a lot of history with the San Jose Earthquakes. How do you see this matchup this weekend? Uh, I see it really important. As you were putting up the standings, I put some notes on my paper. You know, um, I, I looked at some of the bottom teams. You know, Austin, they're going to come uh, back to their home stadium soon, right? They might go on a run. Uh, Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota. So far, it looks like they've gotten a rhythm after starting off horribly. Um, Dallas, the jury's still out for. I, I don't really know. Um, even two LAFC, which were in last uh, place last week, now they're up to ninth. So anything can really happen in the Western Conference. And I think that this is probably the toughest conference in all of MLS. So the Galaxy really have to keep putting up results to really just be in position to get a playoff spot, really. Just because um, anything can happen with tons of players from the Galaxy going on in international duty. Um, it's going to be really essential that the Galaxy uh, keep up their production and just keep putting up points. Yeah, because I mean, the, I'm with you. I think the Western Conference is, is the toughest because it, I mean, doesn't doesn't get easier. Yeah, yeah, there's no bad teams. You have one bad week, or you you go you go to, you lose two games, or you, you tie one game and you lose another one. You're, you're down. So it, they the standings change like that quick, right? We no one expected, right? LAFC be at the bottom, but Galaxy fans, right? You you love that, right? To see them at the bottom and quickly, right? They they shot up, but it, that's what it is. Like you you're gonna have to have your best performance every week, right? You're gonna have to have your best performance because you can move up and down the ladder. Um, but yeah, th- with that said, though, there, there's still gonna be there, there's there's room for mistakes, there's room for error, mm-hmm. right? Because it's still early, but you you want to be able to 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 limit that, right? And the great thing about LA Galaxy, I, Greg Vanny talked about this in his press conference. He's like, we started off hot, you know, we we started off hot. I'm just paraphrasing here. He said, pretty much just said like, hey, we got some wrinkle room here, you know. And I think this is what he's talking about, right? No one expected Derek Williams to do that. Now we'll have to find out how many games he's gonna miss. Right, because then that's going to shift a lot of things on that defense. But you're also going to have to see, right, offensively, like how's the midfield look? Samuel Gunter, is he moving? Right, how, how do we get Chicharito more involved? How does that look? Right, obviously this weekend, uh, Josue in the chat says, you know, I I, I see Wando playing another ten years. <laughs> Wando Lowski, man, he he doesn't get old, man. He he just keeps playing, and you know he keeps doing amazing things. And he's uh, Wando is going to be a threat uh, for against the Galaxy. He's always a threat inside the box. He's always, he always finds a way to score a goal or be a threat with his baggy jersey uh, can someone get him a fitted jersey please or does he or does he not like fitted jerseys alicia i think it's pretty obvious he doesn't like them but um <laughs> you know the one thing about the can, can he play 10 more years there's a great quote that um came out in a profile of him last year where he said uh you can't pull a muscle if you don't have any muscles and uh you know so he's not he's he's not a real uh gym rat let's just say you know he's somebody who who does what he has to do to perform on the field but uh, for him, it's not about being swole, and uh, it's working out for him. The guy's never hurt, so uh, you know it's working out pretty well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Galaxy Guy Podcast makes a great point here. Uh, the total record against San Jose is thirty-nine wins for for LA, seventeen draws, and thirty-one losses for LA. Uh, we have not forgotten the four-zero loss to San Jose last year. LA needs this win. Yeah, that that four. Yeah, I mean. Time. Yeah, you, you. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Galaxy and San Jose fans that may be coming down to this game are definitely going to remind everybody about that 4-0 loss. I mean, obviously last year was was a tough year, but I think this this year, right? What what better way, right? You already played LFC, you got the win against LFC. We know that we know Greg Vanny understands this rivalry right better than anybody. Um, you know what better way to you know to get back on track and get a win against San Jose, right? But it's not going to be easy because of how San Jose play, of how San Jose. 
you know, every player talks about it, you know, how they defend and everything. But how do you, how do you think with this new look LA Galaxy team, Alicia, how they can uh, break down the defense of the San Jose? Yeah, uh, San Jose, I think, has been pretty uh, pretty good by their standards as far as defending so far this year. Like, they haven't had any lopsided losses so far, and that's kind of been a, a calling card for them under Matias Almeida, unfortunately. When mm-hmm. things are good, they're good, and when they're bad, they're losing, like, 5-1, 6-1, that kind of thing. Um, so they haven't done that yet this year. Could be their due for, a, you know, a game like that, and I'm sure the Galaxy would take it. But, um, no, I think the way to, to really break them down is to try and get um, – as much intensity uh, out of the game as possible. So um, the Quakes really thrive on being like the highest energy team, like beating you to second balls, winning all the duels you can. Uh, If you can do that, you can really neutralize them big time. So um, we've seen that working in recent weeks. That's part of the reason why they're on this three game losing streak is because the opponent is bringing up the energy and they're having a hard time uh, trying to outwork the opponent um, like they typically do. And so um, the Galaxy sometimes are prone to, like, I thought um, before the red card on Saturday, um, LA struggled a little bit with um, kind of pushing the pace. And, and Greg Vanny complained about that a little bit. He said that his team was not being proactive enough. They were just kind of holding onto the ball. They weren't doing enough with it um, when they did have possession. Um, that's a trap, right? Like, if they do that, then I think the Galaxy or the Earthquakes are going to jump down their throats. But if they're pushing it, if they're trying to play as fast as possible, if they're really their tempo is high and their energy level is high, um, they can absolutely overcome uh, San Jose here. Yeah, Alex, what are your thoughts? I'm just quickly yeah, uh, look at, looking uh, at the last. Again, I'm going to talk about Jonathan Santos. He needs to be dominant this game. He really does. Um, like Alicia mentioned, you know, Jonathan Santos against Portland um, just kept holding on, holding on to the ball way too much. That's why um, he kept getting the ball taken away. You know, this midfield kind of needs to play a little bit quicker, but also to just have control of the spacing as well. Um, San Jose are going to bring the intensity. So you kind of just have to make sure you're able to put yourself in position to, you know, get good space where somebody can run, run up the field and just have time to examine. People can make runs. Um, smart runs. So that's something that the Galaxy definitely need to do. I'm not worried too much on on a defensive end for the Galaxy, just because I think our wingbacks are really good, both in Villafania and Araujo. So I can really see them, have, again, Araujo having another great game. Because even though the Galaxy did pretty bad against Portland, I think Araujo lately has been in such good form. And I've been been a huge fan of him so far um, this um, this year. So I'm not too worried about um, about the, the wings. Just a little bit more worried about inside of the box in these situations. Can we avoid penalties can we avoid making sloppy tackles and just can we win these aerial duels that when they do arise yeah and i think that's an interesting thing too right uh, i was just looking at, at san jose's uh, last three games they've had i mean talk about a tough tough last three games right sporting kz they lost 3-1 portland and they lost 2-0 and then seattle sounders which they lost 1-0 i mean so they i mean it doesn't get any easier right they, they play the, the la galaxy but i mean that's what that's the type of schedule they've played so far and they haven't done bad. Like you said, we haven't seen those 5-0, 6-0 losses that we've we've seen the last couple of years. And I think this is also credit for an- another year in Matias. I made a system that the players are getting accustomed, they're getting used to. I don't follow them as much as Alicia, but from outside looking in, that that's what I can see. You know, another year in, you, you could get into that and you, you can start feeling a lot more comfortable. Alicia, I want to ask you about... Uh, Kate Cowell, am I saying his name right? I heard yep. I heard around that. I don't know where I heard this, but is Barcelona looking at him? Is that true? <laughs> There, there was a report last year that uh, Barcelona was tracking him, and I have no idea if it's one of those situations where, you know, somebody, some random person on Twitter decides to start something or if it's legit. I do know that there's been uh, European scouts from unnamed European clubs that are 
uh, have been tracking him pretty closely. Um, I think there's lots of scouts that track lots of players, but um, no, he's, he's an impressive player. Um, he's only 17. He has the body of a, you know, 25 year old. Um, <laughs> he's ready for it. Um, and he's, he's starting to produce this year and he, he's basically emerged to become the starting striker for, for the earthquakes. And, um, there's a lot to like about his game. So I think, um, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, uh, but a lot of elements of his game and his, um, emergence remind me of Alfonso Davies. And that's not to say for sure that he's going to end up on the same trajectory as Alfonso Davies, but I think that there are legitimate parallels between the players. So um, if that's the case, then it could be pretty exciting indeed. And who knows, maybe Barcelona one day, we don't know. Yeah. I just want to ask you, cause I know you're, you're in tune with the club. I mean, he's six feet, 163, 163 pounds, just reading the stats, 17 years old. I mean, and he's, he's playing professional soccer last year. I believe he scored his, his first professional goal against the LA galaxy. Right. I remember watching, I remember seeing that. And I remember he stood out to me and I'm like, he's only 16. He don't look like no 16 year old kid. What are they feeding him? <laughs> like, you know, he's, I guess he's Mexican too. I guess he got the battery jeans of the Mexican side <laughs> because man, I didn't get those, man. My brother, my, <laughs> younger brother did but i did it yeah there's been a lot of talk in the uh, mexican press that i think is uh, one of his grandfathers uh came from mexico and you know they've changed the um citizenship law so it's not as easy anymore to for you know a grandchild to get fast track mexican citizenship like there it was a few years ago you know for like paul areola like he was one of those players who took advantage of that role um having said that so all the you know kate Cowell was playing well um, like L tree watchers are getting really excited and they're like, Oh, do you want to play for Mexico, man? Or he's, you know, Alas Espanol. And he's like, I don't speak any Spanish, you know, like I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know any Spanish. Uh, I don't know about my future, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, I, I think it's probably a long shot that he will play for Mexico, but he does have some Mexican heritage. So if you're into La Raza, then, you know, there's a player to root for. Um, but no, he's, he's a really exciting player. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. What, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, uh total galaxy. I really like them. Um, I, I've watched a couple of San Jose games. Uh, I think their their midweek loss against the Sounders, even though his performance wasn't as great as the beginning of this year, I still thought he stood out. You know, just his ability to find these spaces, man. And he's a really smart player. Like he knows when to time his runs, and also as well, he's just really good when it comes to controlling the ball at his feet. So that's something I'm a bit worried about. Some of the center backs maybe might their timing might be off, and you know, there's a, a penalty here and there. But, um, hey, as long as we're just able to contain him and just uh, make sure, you know, he doesn't get started making these runs, he just um, kind of gets put in his place, you know, by by maybe someone like Adam Saldana or uh, Nick DePue if he starts. So I'm excited to see um, how the Galaxy deal with Cade Cal and just how he'll perform as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a big body and he's explosive. G-Man in the chat says, Wanda Lasky mentioned he said he was special when Cal was in the eighth grade. I mean, it seems like he was in the eighth grade a long time ago because, man, that dude, he's a grown man right there. <laughs> I, I call it the LeBron James. Uh, there you go. Right. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing where it's like a grown man in a teenager's body and they're just way ahead of the curve compared to, you know, all the other athletes. Yeah, but I think that, I mean, this is what other people, other other countries are used to having 16, 17 years old, years old and coming in and making an impact on the club team. And then they, they go on and play for the national team. So it's it's exciting, right? It's exciting that this is happening. Obviously, you want to see this with the Galaxy. Uh, you know, you want to see these type of players. But it's also, you also, I also understand that, they, hey, 
this is like you said, LeBron James. This is this is once in a blue moon that this will happen, right? And mm-hmm. but so far he's looking good. I think you know they just if they just manage the the player uh, properly, you know, and he gets and he gets and he's able to you know flourish through the through the MLS this year. Maybe after this year he's gone. I don't know. But well, I want to. I'm excited to. That's one of the players that I'm I'm gonna be looking forward to when 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 I look at this game on Saturday. What what other players concern you, Alex, or what what, what concerns you going into this game for for the LA Galaxy? Um, I'm just interested to see wh- uh, where Cabral gets put. You know, in the second half of the Portland match, he kind of played up front with Chicharito, more central. And then he started the match off playing on that left wing. So I'm excited to see and just intrigued to see where Vanny and what kind of role he's going to give him. Um, are you going to make him play central, maybe pair him up with Chicharito, or are you going to have him play on the wing and just try to make a uh, cut, in, cut in between the back line and make all these runs? So I'm excited to see how that works. Also, too, I'm excited to see if... Uh, Maybe we'll get to see more Adam Saldana action. I've been a pretty big fan of his so far this year. Um, I think Carlos Harvey might be on international duty. I'm not sure. I haven't checked upon that, but I liked uh, Carlos Harvey as well. So I really think that um, this this midfield um, is going to be really important. And just being able to make sure that our players know what they need to do as well, because uh, like I mentioned, Cabral, you know, he's got to know: Am I playing centrally? Am I playing uh, uh, wide? You know, he he's got to be. They got to clearly communicate to him. Yo, I want you to be out wide. You know, cut in with the back line, or hey, play centrally. Try to help out Chicharito get into these spaces and just you know give him a ball here and there inside the box, and he'll finish it. Yeah, I think when I saw Kevin Cabral's highlights, he looked like a wing player to me. But I mean, I know Greg Vanny's been shifting him. Uh, to to play up with Chicharito, which makes sense, right? You know, just give give uh, assist Chicharito a little bit more. What what are your thoughts on that, Alicia? Yeah, I think Cabral is is probably one of the big uh, questions coming into the game. Where he's playing, how is he acclimating? I mean, to me, one of the things I'm intrigued by is that we're we're not really going to see is like how does he communicate with Chicharito, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe they each communicate in their native languages, and there's enough that they can kind of get by and understand what the other one's trying to say. I don't know. Maybe they both use kind of some English and hope for the best and a lot of hands. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's still early, so I don't want to put too much pressure on Cabral and, you know, he fell out of form because he was in form when he was playing for Valenciennes and then he got signed and then he had to wait several weeks to come over here and he, he you know, he lost his form. So that's uh, kind of a, a blow um, I think compared to what everyone was expecting to happen. Um, so he needs to work back his fitness and, and kind of get into game shape again. And hopefully he can, you know, find his niche and, and, and really take advantage, but much like Grancier, I mean, it's for Cabral, it's even earlier. And, and so we need to give him some time and see what happens, but I'm definitely, uh, intrigued and, and curious to see what, um, he's going to bring in this game. Cause this could be a, a really big game for him and, and for the rest of the galaxy, a, a big opportunity. Yeah, no, I'm very interested as well, just as everybody, guys, if you guys have any questions, drop, drop them down in the chat. Uh, Galaxy Guy Podcast says, I want to see Caden succeed with the national team, but on Saturday, I hope he sucks hard. Hey, same here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me of the people that have uh, players of the opposing team on, on their fantasy rosters. <laughs> like, I, I hope he gets an assist, but we still win somehow 3-2 and stuff like that. That, that's, that, that. Hey, man, we love to see it. Sometimes it works out the way you want it to. Sometimes it doesn't. Another player I want to talk about is uh, Jonathan Bond. Um, Jonathan Bond is... It's been incredible. Unfortunate, he you know he ended up getting scored on three times again, which you don't want to see. But like he's done such a great job, but the stats just don't show it. Unfortunately, right with all the all the goals, and I don't know those 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 are not on him. And you know, right the penalty, the the I don't know the first goal maybe that got on maybe you could put it on him. I don't think so. I don't know. But it's like right there, we're down ten men. So when, when you when I look at Jonathan Bond, I feel I think everybody feels the same way, right? He's secure. He he locks it down. But I, I just. 
I just hope like that he's getting scored. I don't think he'll he'll feel this way, but he's getting scored on so much that it's like, you know, that does that never makes a goalkeeper feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Even even though you're feeling good. So I just hope his confidence doesn't go away, which I highly doubt will. But Alex, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Bond so far? Yeah, like you mentioned, uh context is key and the context for some of the goals that have been scored on him, you know. Um if I'm correct, the the second goal um uh, from uh Mora uh, it hit the crossbar and then Bond was already on the floor and then he had to come in you know that's not on Jonathan Bond you know the defense kind of had to wake up there you know they were kind of staring at the ball a little bit too much so I don't really really blame that on Bond the penalty obviously probably the keeper has like a 50 50 or maybe even less I don't I don't know the math on that like but 50%. But, it's really bad yeah yeah so I, I don't really you know blame him on him and and even some of the goals too the defense just really hasn't been uh, as active, you know, Bond has been in a lot of one-on-one scenarios where he's capitalized um, and unfortunately has been scored on. Though I don't think this is really affecting his morale too much. Um, a lot of people are have big respect for Jonathan Bond. You know, they know like, hey, he can pull out a save here and there. He's really vocal when it comes to leading his back line and what he wants. You know, uh, with David Bingham last year when the Galaxy would attempt to play out the back, I got nervous because, you know, David Bingham is in the goalkeeper that I kind of want the ball at his feet, you know, with Bond, I feel a lot more comfortable and he knows where, where to uh, pick the ball at and just when to let it go. So I'm a lot more comfortable with that aspect of Bond's game. Yeah. Alicia, what are, what are your thoughts on Bond? Yeah, I agree. I think really the way that the the stats aren't favoring him, I mean, it, it, it'll only really make a difference. I think if, uh, you know, if he's in, if we think he's in contention for goalkeeper of the year and his stats are absolutely, you know, terrible relative to like the top goalkeepers, that's going to hurt him a lot. I think the only way that would he would be able to overcome it is if they, you know, the, the defense completely locks down from here on out or the galaxy win the shield. I think if the galaxy won the shield, he, you know, he probably had to have a good case for the um, goalkeeper of the year, but otherwise he, you know, he's probably saying goodbye to that, but you know what? It's his first year here. I think everyone expects him to be around for a long time. So um, he's still getting acclimated. I think he's he's playing really well. I mean, I really haven't seen any complaints. And honestly, all of the goals that he's allowed, there hasn't been a single one so far that I've said, gosh, he should have done better. Um, and we saw a couple howlers this weekend around MLS. So um, yes, we did. He's not he's not had one yet. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing him here. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, no, he's he. I think he's been really really solid. Um, the Galaxy have had a lot of new players come in, um, a lot. Honestly, when you think about it, like they've really turned over their roster um, this year. Um, I think he it's been impressive has. Too. Yeah, I, honestly, it is because a lot of teams sort of say, "Well, we've had a, we're in a pandemic. You know, it's really hard to get players." And the Galaxy are out here wheeling and dealing. So, you know, what what's going on with the rest of you teams, right? Yeah, like, like if you compare um, the Galaxy to a team like let's say Inter Miami, you know, who have are having all these players come in, you know, Galaxy have actually put up results. And Inter Miami aren't really looking convincing out on the pitch. You know, they lost to the Chicago Fire this weekend due to a howler, as Alicia mentioned. Um, so I, I've been really impressed with that, with the Galaxy and how they're just acclimating with one another, you know, uh, spending time with one another uh, outside and on the pitch. So I really think uh, that time they've spent together is really, we're, we're seeing that on the pitch and we're seeing that they're looking a lot more communicative, looking a lot more organized than, than Inter Miami, who have spent on players and have had a lot of players. And I think currently they're not the having most. the most. I think yeah, Inter Miami spent the most money on all these players and they're not, they don't got a lot to show for, unfortunately. You know, yeah. And they're DP, uh, uh, Rodolfo Pizarro. He's coming off the bench. So that's not something that's yeah. not a good sign. Really? No, it's not. And I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there with, uh, with Inter Miami. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, 
Tony in the chat says, anyone know the reason behind turf in Portland? It's soccer Pacific, so I don't understand why it's not grass. I think I'm going to just guess. I think it's because it's it's Portland's north, north, northwest. They have beautiful grass, but I, I don't know why they don't have grass instead of turf. Do you know that, Alicia? Yeah, it's because they say it rains too much, and so they can't keep the grass good for a whole year. And so it's more cost-effective to have ex- extremely good turf. Um, obviously, there's been – you know, a lot of discussion over how good that turf actually is, but um, no, there's uh, yeah, the, the two, well, actually all three of the Pacific Northwest teams basically say the same thing. I can't remember if Portland stadium, I think Portland stadium is actually, I'm pretty sure it is Portland stadium. Like there's about a third of the stadium that hardly gets any sunlight. So um, that would be hard to grow grass on that. You could do it, but it would be tough. So. Yeah. I, I used to live in Seattle, so I know how consistently it rains out there and it's always beautiful. It's always green. It's always it's always, it's always, there's always grass out there, but it's like, if it's, if it gets so like, it, I mean, I think teams could do it. You just have to put a tarp on it. I mean, I think Portland could do it. I mean, they don't got outside the Blazers that they don't have another football team playing in there, but you know, it is cost effective. I look, I don't, I don't, I don't, That's I don't great. cut those checks. So hey, look, it's, it's not my decision. Um, CCJ 2009, D2009 says, should Jonathan Klinsman find a new club? Wow. I mean, I still think you need a backup. Alex, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I feel like he should. I, I think he should stay in MLS. I'm gonna be, yeah, um, there's plenty of uh, G2 goalkeepers that we can call up to be back uh, backups. Um, you got Eric Lopez and Vom Stieg who can easily uh, become backups because Bond will definitely be the keeper for the foreseeable future right now. I think he's making his case and definitely looks like a top-tier goalkeeper in MLS. Uh, Jonathan Klinsman, I can maybe see him going to enter, uh, I mean, to enter Miami now, you know, after that howler. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, we didn't really give Jonathan Klinsman too much of a chance last season. He came in kind of late and only started, if I'm correct, maybe three matches, and that was it. And then now with Jonathan Bond coming in, it's going to be a lot harder to win that starting position, especially with how well Jonathan Bond uh, has been uh, between the sticks. But yeah, I feel like the best decision for him as a player should be to look for a new club. Wow. Okay. Alicia, your thoughts? Uh, I think Klinsman's on a, sh- I think he might only be on a one-year deal. So he may be out, you know, if he doesn't get playing time anyway, he may be out after this year. But um, no, I think Alex is fully right. He really hasn't gotten a chance. That being said, I think Bond's fantastic. So there's no reason to switch at this, at this stage. But um, no, I mean, I think Klinsman, if you're going by a completely demoralized team at the end of the rope, playing for a coach that they're not really getting anything out of at that point, they're getting hammered week after week. I mean, you can't put all that on him, right? Like that's not a, on him. So he he came into a tough situation. But having said that, um, I think his role is going to be as a backup for now. Like I, I don't see any way that he's going to come out of that. So, um, but you're right. I mean, the Galaxy carry a lot of goalkeepers, which is mm-hmm. a lot of teams do that. But I'm a little bit surprised at how, the willingness to carry so many guys. So I guess they don't see that as an issue. So. Not my concern, but yeah, it's it's uh it's always kind of puzzled me why so many teams carry four goalkeepers. Sometimes they carry five, and I just think that's like wow, that's a lot of guys to be yeah. carrying. <laughs> I mean, Portland did need that. They have had yes, a double for goalkeepers this year, so yeah, you can kind of see those situations do pay off, just like in Portland. But and the guy that a... um, came in for Portland, he's good. He's yeah, a, he's, he's, he's been, been really good these last two matches. Yeah, he's really good. So they, they got a good one, if, you know, in an emergency situation. 
Yeah, Andy says the weather, uh, talking here about the turf. He said, let it be. Uh, he says, the grass on the background of this show looks nice, though. Hey, man, yeah, thank, thank you. I, you know, I paid for it. I cut the grass right before the show. So, you know, Sebastian, I don't know how you forgot. This This episode was for you, man. Uh, you, you're always about the San Jose uh, quacks, how, how you like to call them. <laughs> um, a Galaxy Guy podcast brings up a good, good point. He says, Jonathan Klinsman will never be a fan fra- fan favorite amongst Galaxy fans. He dissed one of our most legendary players. Fan base will never forget. He's talking about Landon Donovan, right? And I forgot mm-hmm. what he said, but I... He, he went, ha, well, ha, 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 ha. I don't know if... I think it was Twitter. Twitter because of... he didn't, uh, Landon Donovan didn't get called up to the national team, right? Because his dad mm-hmm. was the national yeah. team yeah. coach, right? Yeah. That, that Along those lines, right? Yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, Klinsman was also like 17. I mean, no. I'm not saying that just because you're 17, you can say whatever you want. But like, he was a kid and he should not have done that. But also, <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I also don't feel like you should hold it against him for the rest of his life. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, right, well, I mean, Galaxy it's really Guy dumb. podcast is he says fans will never forget. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if Jonathan Klinsman did have a role, you know, in this team, people are gonna bring it up and be like, Hey, remember that one time on Twitter you you laughed when you didn't ca- get called up for, for any international matches, you know. Like like I'm 17, you know. I'm I'm not gonna like say dumb stuff because you know, at the end of the day, especially in this day and age, people are gonna be able to go back in time and find something dumb you said and hold it back against you. So I don't really hold it against uh, Jonathan Klinsman, you know, he, he's obviously young, but who knows what was going on at that time. Maybe who knows, man, but I, I'm not going to put the blame on him. Now I'm not really going to hold anything against him for saying that. Yeah. Andy says 70 year old Andy on Twitter would have been way worse than ha ha ha. <laughs> that is so true that honestly, I don't know. I don't know how long I've had Twitter, but I've, I, just like everybody, I've I've said some dumb stuff. Somebody's now is gonna go back all the way to Gio's first tweet now. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, man. I know I posted quotes and stuff. Look, I, I got no shame in my game, you know. I, I don't even now it's all soccer related, you know, talking about that. But yeah, I mean that that's an interesting point because I the thing that I remember most, right, is is uh Klinsman not, you know, bringing Landon Donovan. I mean, you could have had him as a sub, but whatever i wasn't the coach and I, I think it backfired on him but hey that's neither here nor there but I, um he, galaxy guy podcast this looks like look like shooting fish in a barrel in, in <laughs> i guess i guess so so um but yeah guys i think that's it uh i think we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here because you know we're almost an hour in. Sebastian, he says, I'm always looking at Twitter for Geo's bad takes. <laughs> nice. Ooh. Hey, make sure you hit the notification on there. So just so you don't forget, Sebastian, hit the notification on Twitter. I got you. Don't don't worry about my bad takes. They'll keep coming. I, I'm trying to get better. But, um, but yeah, guys, uh, Alicia, thank you for being on. Uh, Alex, thank you for being on. Alicia, let the, let the people know where they can follow you. Sure, you can find my work on LA Galaxy and LA Galaxy 2 at legconfidential.com. You can find me at Twitter, at Soccer Musings. Alex, let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow our main account, LA Galaxy, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to my YouTube channel, Alex Ruiz Sports with a Z. I uploaded my first video of my LA Galaxy FIFA career mode series for any of you guys who are interested, you know. Um, I finally came around to editing that and kind of took a while. But hey, I'm excited to get it started and... Hopefully, guys, you enjoy uh, me playing FIFA. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Now you can get your, uh, you know, Galaxy GM stuff on the way there. <laughs> um, G-Man says, what's Twitter? Uh, definitely join G-Man. Uh, Discord group is really good. 
good night, everybody. So, guys, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can follow me at Joe Garcia LA on Twitter. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, guys, if you guys are listening to the podcast, make sure to join us on Monday. Don't be like Sebastian and forget. Turn on your notifications on YouTube, Facebook, you know, so you can listen to all my bad takes. So Sebastian is not just alone here listening to my bad takes. So for that, guys, for Alicia and Alex's deal, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.